You're listening to the Journey Church Podcast. At Journey Church, our vision is to see dreams discovered and built and broken dreams rediscovered and rebuilt. Our mission is to love God, His Word, and His world. For more information on how to connect with us, please stay tuned following the message. Now, we trust that you'll be blessed by the following presentation. love Palm Sunday here at Journey Church. We, we always take a look at that scene in Scripture every single Palm Sunday and talk about how important it is to worship God regardless. Did you hear me? How important it is to worship God regardless. How many know Palm Sunday really fits that description because when Jesus was coming into Jerusalem, I'm telling you, if you, you don't have a chance, man, read it today. Get to the end of the Gospels. Read, read all the authors and, and the eyewitnesses' accounts of this scene because it's powerful. When Jesus is headed to Jerusalem on a donkey, the people of Israel are shouting, Hosanna. Come on, I mean, they're excited because their Savior is coming to Jerusalem to save. That's what Hosanna means, right? God save us. But how many know what they were asking God to save them from wasn't what God was coming to save them from? They were asking God to save them from the political oppression of the Roman Empire that it had over the people of Israel. And that's why they were worshiping. They had palm branches out and they were swinging them in and and waving them right there. I don't know if you know where this scene was taking place in Jerusalem, but palm, palm branches were an illegal form of worship. Because palm branches represented the nation of Israel. This is a very patriotic moment inside of a place that's being oppressed by another empire that says you're not going to be patriotic about your country. It's all about Rome. You are not to worship and wave palm branches. But they didn't care because God was coming to save them. Matter of fact, right where they were waving their palm branches, they were two blocks away from Pilate's offices that had a direct line of sight. So they knew that imminent death could ultimately come. They didn't care, though, because God was here to save them. So what was that moment? You, mean, you, read, you read the section of Scripture, you can feel the excitement in the eyes and, and the hearts and the mouths of the people. What was that like then to Jesus, the one who they were begging to save him now is captured by that very same empire that is oppressing them. He's in prison, later to be crucified, killed, and laid in the tomb. What happened to this? I believe if we went into a time machine and went back to that place, we would see all over the road just scattered palm branches on the ground, much like you saw when you came in today. Just palm branches on the ground, people stepping on them. To me, that symbolized much more than just palm branches on the ground. It was people who just dropped their worship. It's people who just said, you know what? You didn't do something for me. You didn't save me like I asked you to. Like I stepped out and believed you would. And they just dropped it. But how many know he wasn't there to save them as they wanted to be saved? He was there to do an even greater work to save them from the oppression of an even greater empire called sin that was holding them back. And he came to break open eternal life so that they could come and live in a kingdom where there's only one king. But how many times do we do that? Do we just drop our worship based on what God doesn't do for us? How many have ever asked God to do something for you and didn't come through? Right? Today we got a story, I believe, that's going to illustrate the beautiful message of Palm Sunday in an incredible way. We know this sister. She's been a part of this church, her and her husband, for, 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 a, for a while now, being a part of, of us, partnering with us and standing with us. And I'm so excited to spend the rest of the few minutes that we have left together just sharing a story that I believe is going to impact you, I mean, in a big, big way. Can we do as only we do at Journey Church? Can we welcome Miss Tracy Strawberry? My goodness. To the platform here this morning. Come on, my, my sister. Have a seat, my sister. Thank it's such you, an Pastor. honor to share this experience with you. I've done said who you are, but <laughs> my goodness, it's an honor to have you here. I, I want to say uh, I blame the growth of this church on her and her husband. Uh, as you know, it was February of 2010. It was... Uh, over nine years ago now was when we first asked 
them to come be a part of our then eight-month-old church. We were doing just fine before you got to <laughs> us. We had about 75 people, and Missy and I were just getting to learn everybody's name. And then I had to see your husband, Daryl, at a bread co in Winsville. And I'm like, that's right, they live in this area. And I said, I, I, I just launched out in faith. W would you guys come and preach? And you guys really weren't preaching and traveling out too much at that point. And your husband was getting ready to be on The Celebrity Apprentice right. that spring season. Mm -hmm. uh, and I remember you guys accepted the invitation. You came, blew up our little church. That uh, How many were at that service uh, in Bonville's Auditorium? And uh, it, we had about s almost 600 people at that service. That was more than we'd ever even imagined to ever have. And uh, we were never the same since. We were never the same. Uh, our church, I think, doubled and tripled over the next few months. Praise and Missy God. and I just went to learn in everybody's name again. That's awesome. And uh, just getting to know this <laughs> church. But uh, you guys are the cause of that. We, we really stand with you. And thank you and your husband for just the support that you've given. You've come back. Uh, your husband's preached again. I know you've preached here before. You stood with us in our Dream Center uh, before we even started, you came and helped us raise $40,000 in one night. And we're Glory so thankful God. for this couple. Praise God. And people that are experiencing that dream and where we're going now in the future of this Praise church. God. And uh, But, you know, we got to know you during that time while you were here in Missouri. And mm -hmm. you, you went away to uh, Florida, moved away to Florida for a season. But now you're back. Yes. And God's called you back here to the area. And, yes. and she told me. Uh, don't worry, I'm going to let her talk here in a minute. Uh, <laughs> but she told me, uh, hey, we're, you're going to see us around Journey Church a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And uh, that, was, that was pretty, I wanna, wh why? Why, why? Why us? What, what, makes you, what makes you guys say that about, about Journey Church? pretty simple. Journey Church, here the uncompromised word of God is taught and preached. Period. The word of God is strong here. It's solid here. And that's how salvation happens. That's where restoration takes place. It's the power of the word of God. When you sit under a teaching that Pastor Jesse preaches, you don't f always feel comfortable, right? You don't always feel good. He doesn't always make you feel good. That's the conviction of the Holy Spirit, which has to be in order to change, to be saved, to be set free, for our children to grow up in their identity in Christ, for them to pave the way for the next generation, for us to be strong and mature in the word of God so we know how to stand in a society that we live in today, wow. regardless of all the amazing ministries and opportunities that are given to serve. And even the Dream Center, you know it's a passion, it's our heart. Daryl and Amen. I both come from severe addiction. Um, beyond that, the, the staple is the uncompromised word Come of on. God. It's that simple. Come on, somebody, give the Lord a praise. <laughs> that love, simple. Missy and I love, love her so much. Amen. Um, I'm telling you what, I, now, now we have heard your, your husband's incredible story. I mean, your husband's story is a story that I mean, I don't even got to, he's shared it here, but it's, it's broadcast all over the place. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about, we, we have not had the opportunity to, to hear your story, uh, which even today we're not going to get into the whole story because there's so much to what God's done in your life. But I was hoping it would be okay to maybe travel through some of the history of Tracy Strawberry and in your history find his story Amen. inside of it because it's going to speak. I'm certain to many people here as it did in the nine and as it uh, did in our lives Praise as well. Uh, but wh where, did, where did your journey start? Because you're from this area. Mm -hmm. You're actually from the St. Louis metropolitan area. And you've got, you know, when you said severe addiction in your life, you know, I always kind of, as many of us do, we root back to the very beginning. What home were we in? But you had a great home. You had great parents. And, and you were raised a Catholic, am I right? Yes. And, and just, you call that a Christian home, right? Absolutely. I mean, um, I was introduced to God. I was introduced to Jesus. I went to Catholic school um, all the way through high school. We were in church every Sunday. We had family dinners every night. The prayers were said every evening before we went to bed. My parents are just the picture of amazing parents. Right. You know, love, opportunity, cared about their kids, um, poured into us. It's kind of that white picket fence kind of family that you hope everyone could have. So... Um, 
I have this knowledge of God, and I'm sure. being raised in this, this great family, so I have this perfect opportunity to turn out okay or the way I'm supposed to and, and be strong. Like every, like every family of faith is going to do, you're going to raise your kids to become, we talked about a little bit last service, just becoming mm -hmm. familiar with the things of God, even though mm -hmm. nobody can make you choose. That's right. That's your choice to do. But, you know, we raise our kids to become familiar with that. Some, that some it takes more time than others, but right. they were doing a great job. And then something happened mm -hmm. uh, tragically in your, in your past as a child, if it's okay. Wh what was mm -hmm. that? I was sexually abused by a neighbor. So when I was little, after that happened, and my parents were trying to raise me up in faith and in Jesus, and right. I'm going to Bible camps, and I'm going to like a Rise conference or whatever the case right. may be, but I'm this young little girl hearing songs like, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so, and immediately there's a seed in my mind, Jesus doesn't love me. I'm yeah. struggling. After that, how, how does he it's love me? I'm a child. I mean, there's no sin in my life. There's nothing I've done. And um, sometimes situations in life happen. They just don't make sense. You just don't understand. We live in a sinful, fallen world. So just as powerful as the love of God is within a vessel is as powerful as the sinful nature is in another vessel that can produce evil and act evil upon another individual. But I don't know this as a child, and I'm confused and I'm trying to hear that God is good, God is good, relating, and my filter wow. now is through a bad experience or some kind of experience, so I'm hearing God is good, but that's being filtered and distorted through an experience, an earthly experience. You think it's because we misinterpret God is good for that to mean like all good things with God are good, like with God all good things then are going to happen yes. to us in life, yes. and that's that's a mistake I think we often have. Huge mistake. It's no fault of the church or homes for, mm -hmm. you know, sharing the God is good, but I think that's what we believe. So, mm -hmm. wow, that had to be a struggle then. Like mm -hmm. for you to experience such tragedy and then to hear God is good, Jesus loves the little children, and you're like, well, then I, I must be left out of that. Right. Wow. Um, sister, you said, you know, obviously we know addiction is going to be uh, at some point in your life here. When did it start? And, and was that sort of a cause for it, or, or were you just... Honestly, like I was a, like young. A it, I'm yeah. like a kid. You know, I'm naive. I don't realize that the impartation of what we put into our children's mind, how we raise our children, and their outward experiences, just how much that affects us. Because God molds us. You know, he says, I am the potter, he is the clay. That's why it is such a grave responsibility for parents to raise their children up right. in the ways of God and in the love of God and the nature and nurturing power and love of who God is. But then those distortions come in or that deception comes in. So it, I, I think sometimes it's, and I want to be mindful emotionally because what we go through is valid. So please don't hear sure. me to not undo that but I don't want to take an incident or this time frame in my life and just carry it all the way through and this is mm. this is why I turned out the way I did there's there's a part of these things where we come from and maybe you came from a dysfunctional family or something of that nature and it does bleed and distort but there's a distortion there but somewhere along the line God always gives us a choice to choose him mm to choose him. It's our responsibility to choose him so he can heal us and reconstruct us and set us free. But that was one thing. Another thing that was inside of me that's inside of all of us is identity. We are all searching. We all need to be defined because God created us to want to understand and know who we are. But he created us to understand who we are in him. And that's the only understanding he wants us to have. So when bad things happen, we can understand it's not of him. It's not from him. On, it was affected and afflicted because of a sinful fallen world. But in him, I can be healed. In him, I can be whole. In him, I can move forward. In him, there's a way of escape. There's an opportunity. There's a future and a hope. Sorry, I'm preaching, but I can't help it. God is good. <laughs> in him, in him, in him. If I don't know my identity in him, and for me that was very dangerous because we're all born with gifts and talents. Before you ever came out into this world, there's a gift and talent inside Amen. each and every person Everyone. in this room. Every person. The Bible says it's irrevocable. 
So I have a strong personality, and I don't understand that. I'm, I was the strong-willed child. I don't want to be disobedient, but God has created this personality in me because he's going to need it to use it in the gift and the God-given purpose that he has given me. Wow. So let me kind of backtrack a little bit and, and let you know how this, because I'm very bold. Really? I am the mouthpiece of the body of Christ. <laughs> so take that undisciplined under the power of the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine what that looks like in a marriage? Can you imagine being married to me, undisciplined by the power of the Holy Spirit? You get it, right? So <laughs> but God gives us these personalities. I always thought, God, what is wrong with me? I just wanted to set the world on fire. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to listen to my parents and be an obedient child. And we're getting into why drugs, why alcohol. Even I started alcohol in grade school because I was grade not school. confident inside of me. There was this frustration. There was this anxiety that I didn't understand. I didn't understand that the seeds, that's, that life choices and things we choose and don't choose, they're making you, they're molding you. And on this journey, what do you do with those things? If I don't know who I am, then I'm confused. Wow. I'm gonna try to figure it out somehow, some way. Everyone has to find their way, but I was finding my way in all wow. the wrong ways. I'm confused, I have a bold personality, wanna set the world on fire. I don't feel confident, I don't feel like I fit in. So as soon as I take my first drink, boom, my anxiety right. disappears. This temporary relief. This temporary relief, this deception of, Anybody ah, know what she's talking about? You found something. Right. You found something that can just check you right out of this thing. Wow. I can give myself permission to be different. I can give myself permission. Ooh, now I can jump into this escape. The problem with that is, is if you don't deal with yourself, it keeps showing up. Wow. Now you need more and more and more, and it just gets so out of control. You're not dealing with yourself, so it keeps showing up. Not dealing Fast with myself. Fast forward high school, now drugs start to play their, s their role in your life. Yes. And you're, you're trying to look, because you've detoured now. You're going to try and find success in life and fulfillment and things apart from God. Yes. So you start looking for it in these substances. Mm -hmm. Like, is, is addiction starting to run rampant in your life? It's in starting high school, to run pretty quick. Pretty, and in high school and things like that, the grades, it starts to affect you. Because you're tearing apart the God-given personality that God's trying to create in you and trying to mold in you. Instead of him building you, deception is building you. And you keep bowing down. Romans chapter 7, Paul describes it as, I'm separated from God, now I'm becoming a slave to sin. Meaning, this is my character on the inside. Forget addiction. Addiction is just a manifestation. It's just how my brokenness on the inside is showing itself. Wow. It's just how my lack of identity in Christ is showing itself. So call it addiction. Call it pornography. Call it a chat room. Whatever. Call it shopping. Call it overeating. Call it whatever you want to. If you're chasing this outward thing, it's because there's an inward issue that has to be dealt with. Wow. Amen? And you're not finding that in those things. No. So now... Maybe people are the solution to that, and so you start looking at relationships. Yes. And you got married quite young. I did. Right? Tell at us 20. about that. Well, I'm looking at my parents, and I'm thinking, okay, well, they did great, so maybe, maybe if I'll settle down if I get married. Right. <laughs> so. Um, that's always a good. With my undisciplined, unchristlike self, that's not a good idea, right? Wow. And it's... it's um, we take the load off by laughing at it sometimes, but all of us know that it, when you're in the midst of a very difficult situation, especially relationally, it's the worst thing ever that, that right. you can feel because you're trying to be loved and then something comes right at you and it harms you instead of fulfills you the way God created it to be. And the Bible says that God is love. Yes. So those who do not know God cannot truly love. That means I can only love to my own human capacity, mm. through my own flesh, through my own desires. The Bible says that God will give you the desires of yeah. your heart, but what he means by that is if you backtrack and set that in the context, context. of the word, yep. he's saying I will give you the desires of my heart, meaning my desires are supposed to be his desires. Yes. And my desire was all about the world and feeding my flesh because I had my hand up to Christ. I'm not turning to you. 
we're at a crossroads. We have a choice. We're either going to do it God's way or we're going to do it our way. And I kept choosing my way. And that always comes to an empty lane. There's always emptiness there. God created us to be whole and to be fulfilled wow. and to search and seek him because Amen. we find our wholeness in him. That's what makes me a better half to anybody. Right. My better half doesn't make me whole. Right. Can I get a witness? Come on, somebody. That's <laughs> Amen. My better half is a blessing because of the wholeness in Christ that we get from him. He is genuine love. Wow. And this is how this, this comes about. Right. So you're not finding that now in a marriage. No. And so uh, <laughs> now kids, right? You, get, mm -hmm. you, you end up having kids pretty quick. Mm -hmm. You had your first son, Omar. Yeah. And, and, and at this point, uh, I remember asking, like, up until you found out you were pregnant, like addiction is still running rampant in your life and, and even into the marriage. And so, but now there's a kid on the way. So mm -hmm. you find temporary freedom from, from drugs mm -hmm. is now this is the, the answer, yes. right? I didn't find it in drugs. I didn't find it in alcohol. I didn't find it in a husband. Now I'm going to find it in kids, right? Right. Being married, it's love is just supposed to naturally happen. <laughs> Parenting. Love is just supposed to naturally happen and be there, and the kids are going to be perfect, and this whole image in my mind of what it's supposed to be, it's just supposed to be a natural thing because you just naturally love your kids, and it's just naturally always going to be a choice, and it's naturally going to work out and happen. <laughs> like, parenting is no work. Like, you don't need to know how to do that, right? <laughs> the problem is... God gives every single one of us, we are born with the desire to love because that's a God-given position and placement inside each and every one of us. But what happens is over the years, God develops us, equips us, and makes us capable of loving. Those are two entirely different things. Many people come together out of desire. That's when attraction becomes a distraction. That's when a missionary opportunity turns into a bad marriage proposal. Wow. That means I'm going to save him. I'm going to change him. I'm going to get him. I'm going to grab him. And because he sees Jesus in me, there's going to be like this default that I can save him and change him and make him and mold him. Wow. That's not my job. That's not my position. Look I am out, not sister. the savior, but trying yeah. to be. I'm preaching good up in here right now because that's going to help somebody right now. Amen. <laughs> wow. Only he can do that. But love is such a big thing because we all crave it, whether you think you do or not, because wow. it's put in us. So we chase things and we try to fulfill that hole, that place. I'm just trying to fix it no matter what it is, even if I don't understand what the heck I'm doing. And my million dollar question always was, what is wrong with me? Wow. What is wrong with me? Why can't I? I wasn't raised like this. I didn't come from there. What is wrong with me? What's that I'm song? Separated from God and enslaved to sin. Looking for love in all the wrong all places. All the wrong places. Looking for love. In too many faces. <laughs> <laughs> now, you, you end up Don't not just having it. your first son, but right after that, like quickly, right? You, have, you found out you're having twins. Twins, yeah, two months later. So I had three babies in one year. It's kind of like go big or go home. That personality, right? So I have three babies in one year, and I just, I think that, okay, I'm not going to use my addiction as, is I'm just good now without working on my inner self or anything wow. like that. This next thing is going to be the answer. So things start unraveling, mm -hmm. uh, including your marriage yes. at that time. And, uh, like, what's, what's that like? I, I'm always interested just into the life of, now a single mom like how are you supporting your your kids mm -hmm. like how are you making it i just take the first job i can i'm waitressing right. i'm like i have to do something i have to get back on my feet i just have to st i have to start somewhere and when i look back now if that's what i had to do again like right now today there ain't no shame in my game right. because you got to be grateful for whatever opportunity god places in front of you right now because what he's doing is he's instilling, he's positioning, he's pushing forward, whatever it is. If the opportunity is there, you need it, you say yes. So I had to do whatever I had to do at the time. Absolutely. You not happy about it. Right. Not happy Speaking about it. Speaking of not happy about it, that's what I'm wondering. Like, you looked for this in all of these avenues now that are essentially just letting you down. What's your view of God at this point? I have no, I don't, I'm not interested in God at all. Wow. God, where were you when? You don't love me. You've never shown up. Like, you won't fix this. I can't stay married. I'm not a good mom, and that's a super hard thing to say. 
I'm lost in addiction because I'm trying to fix it myself and I need some relief and I'm choosing escape over choosing Jesus and I'm choosing escape over choosing healer in the healer Jesus Christ and I keep making the bad choice. I'm at a crossroads half my life and I keep making the bad choice. I keep making the bad choice. I know this bad thing happened to me and there's healing over here in Jesus, but I won't choose it. I'm choosing drugs instead or relationship instead or the next career path or move instead. I keep choosing, I keep making the wrong choice. My crossroad is always a bad road. And yet people are trying to share Jesus with you, you said. <laughs> Left and right. <laughs> I just... So how did you treat those people? Not nice. Those, <laughs> those incredible people. <laughs> I was not nice. What would somebody just come up to me like, hey, I just want to share the good message of Jesus Christ with you? Uh-huh. I was and like, you like know what you can do with you and your Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to be, I'm saved now and I'm in <laughs> church, so that's the end of the story. You get it. <laughs> I was nothing to play with. I was bitter. I was broken. Strong personality. I would tell you in a second every which way till Tuesday, what you could do with your Bible and your Jesus, and oh, Jesus loves you. I'm like, you need to stop. Just wow. you and your blessed and highly favored self. <laughs> uh-uh, no, alone. you're a little too much for me. I just flat out rejected God, wow. and I would not open my heart. In like Romans chapter two, I think it says it talks about because of your stubborn, unrepentant heart, you're storing up wrath for yourself. You're storing up destruction wow. for yourself. I mean, at the time, I don't know scripture, so I don't know what I'm doing to myself. Somebody's out there not saved and keeps rejecting Christ. You don't know what to, you're doing to yourself. No. You're confused, and the enemy is just having a field day, just tearing you apart piece wow. by piece. So just anger, disdain for God, trying to make it. I've tried substances. I've tried people. Mm -hmm. Nothing's working. Maybe a location change Come is on. what I need, right? Geographical. So somewhere uh, in that future, you, you move to Florida mm -hmm. and uh, the Miami area, kind of Boca area. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm just wondering, you know, because addiction is resurfacing itself in yes. your life now. You moved to Miami, single mom, just trying to, you know, with this drive, determination, heart, mm -hmm. the Miami life can't be a good influence on you at this point not at all it awakens my flesh because there comes a point in time too where you're so dead in your soul that there isn't anything that can awaken you anymore that was me personally wow. and I'm like I just Missouri this is dead well maybe it's just Missouri I can move somewhere else I can start over nobody's going to know me there and now I have the party scene instead of snow I have sand but the problem is you take you wherever you go. So I could go to Alaska. I could go halfway. I can't get away from me. I can't get away from the wounds. Wow. I can't get away from the character defects. I can't get away from this destructive cycle that's going on inside of me until I actually find the way through Jesus Christ, the truth and the life in him. And until I say yes to him, this is not going to get better. You know, Pastor Jesse, we always hear, oh, you got to hit your bottom first before you turn around. Yep. Well, my Heard answer that. to that is your bottom is your choice. You choose your bottom because there's always wow. another one waiting for you because it's not going to get better unless whatever you're doing kills you. And that's just the hard truth. There's always another bottom waiting. There's always that another next thing. The shoe is going to drop, and it's going to be ugly, and it's going to be hard, and it's going to be nasty. Your bottom is what you choose it to be. I mean, if you're sitting out there today, and you just don't know, choose today. I want to become alive. I want to choose life. I don't know what it's going to look like, but today my choice in this crossroads is going to be faith. It's going to be freedom. It's going to be healing. Even if I don't know what this crazy lady is talking about, or I don't understand it, that's going to be my choice today. Praise God. Somebody's, somebody's watching. The Lord just spoke in my heart. Somebody's watching online right now, and you need to, like, so God's put somebody on your heart that needs to be watching this story. So I want you to, like, shoot them a text, like, tag them even in, this, in, in the video or whatever, and just share that with them because I feel like what, what's getting ready to come out is very important for you to hear. Um, you, you're, in, you're in Florida now. I mean, addiction, just control. There's a light at the end of this tunnel here, and it comes through NA, NAA. Mm -hmm. how, how did that happen? Mm -hmm. And when did you, like, because you have to come to realization, like, I need I help. 
I did. I was scared to death that I was going to lose my children because I didn't care about myself. Mm. And the old saying is true. If you don't love yourself, you're incapable of loving others. And that creates this defeat because... That creates this defeat. Yes, because what is inside of me, even though I have a wow. desire to love, and if I come and I want to be friends with my sister here in the front row, if I'm not healed, if I'm not whole, you're going to encounter my brokenness, my anger, my Absolutely. wounds. That's what you're going to encounter no matter how hard I try. I can put up a front at first, but no matter how hard I try, sooner or later, the real Tracy is going to stand up and show up. Amen? Same thing in a relationship, in a marriage. Same thing with your children. I want to be a good wife. I want to be a good mother. I want to be a good person. I just want to be good, period. But until the goodness of God comes on the inside of me and his healing power becomes alive inside of me and his word, which is his way, becomes who I am and I allow him to make me and mold me and put the character of Christ in me so now you can encounter the character of Christ. Peace, love, joy, discipline, self-control. Somebody give him a praise. This is the goodness. This is what he wants to do on the inside of you. Amen. Amen. It's what he wants to do in our marriages. Marriage is not the problem. God created marriage, and it's good, it's perfect, and it's great. It's the problems within the people that produce the problems in the marriage. I'm going to stop because I'm preaching I up in here. He's too good. I can't get her to not be saved. I d- You're not saved at this part of the story. I'm sorry. I'm so, so. saved now. I'm so grateful. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> He's so good. <laughs> I'm sorry. Where are we? I How lost am I? We're at N.A. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yes, so I'm at N.A. Yes, I finally come to let's the... Let's get you to Jesus now. Okay, Amen. I need hope. I need help. Yeah, I so finally surrender. And, I do. And, and somebody, I mean, because you, know, you got the 12 steps, and obviously yeah. there's the, the higher power. You've mm-hmm. got this foundation, but you're even talking about like, well, because you weren't really attached to a church at that point. So oh, it's no. like, no, I'm no. going to take what I have from the past and make Jesus who I want him to be for me. That's right. That's why I would go... I finally surrendered to Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous, and I I understand why they give you the option for a higher power, because I was not, if you, like I said, I rejected Jesus, I rejected God. So a higher power gave me permission to create God, who I wanted him, her, it, whatever to be. So you still didn't take away my control. I still really didn't have to surrender 110% because I still had the power to create God and who I wanted this God to be and how this God was going to operate. And I read devotionals, and I started, it led me to my path in Christ Mm -hmm. eventually. Right. But the problem was I was one year clean and sober, I worked the steps. The 12 steps come right out of the Bible, by the way. That's right. why they're so powerful with right. or without Jesus, because it's his word in there, and his word's powerful no matter what. Right. So I'm walking along, and I'm just ready to relapse. I'm, like, I'm trying to heal without the healer, because wow. 12 steps are just homework if you don't have the healing power of God inside of you. Wow. I'm doing homework, expecting healing. And it made me better. It made me better. It got me to a much better place, don't get me wrong. And I'm not knocking the 12 steps Absolutely. because Understand. I needed to go to meetings while I was still figuring out who I was in Christ. I had to be safe. But I was just at that place where I'm like, this isn't getting any better. And if this is what recovery is, you can have it too. Because at least while I'm out there, here's the deception, I have a crossroads. At least while I'm out there, I'm lying to myself saying I can at least take the edge off. That's, wow. Wow. Um, my goodness, you, I think some of you heard, you know, making, making Jesus who we want him to be for us. I don't even think you got to go through the 12 steps to do that. I think mm-hmm. many of us, have just made God who we want him to be for us. I think some of you are finding mm-hmm. a lot of familiarity in that, even though you may not have been through the 12 steps. But then mm-hmm. comes this lady in your life named Kim. Mm-hmm. Who, who in the awesome. world is Kim? Kim is an awesome woman of God who her mission field is the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous. And she invites people to Bible study at her house, women like me. Go further now. Go Let's further. talk about Jesus. She, yes. And... She came up to me because someone had called her and said, there's this woman, she's ready to go back out. Will you meet her? So it was a last-ditch effort, and I had a choice to say yes to her or no. Essentially a sponsor. Yes, absolutely. And she talked about loving Jesus, sleeping around, and doing drugs in certain ways all in the same breath. And I was like, (laughs) what? Like, can you do that? Like, what? 
I was like, I can maybe do this with this lady. Like, she kind of gets this thing. Like, it just, the Holy Spirit was drawing me. But like I said, I was at a crossroads. I was either going to go out and relapse and go back to the darkness and completely separate myself from God in every way, shape, or form, or I was going to make the choice to say yes to her, which I did not want to do, and say, you know what, I'm going to show up anyway. I'm going to make the right choice anyway, even though I'm uncomfortable, I'm anxious, it doesn't fit me, it doesn't suit me. Like, I don't dress like these Christian women do. I don't talk blessed and highly favored. I'm like, how do you even catch a man dressing like that? (laughs) Come on, has anybody ever been lost before you were saved? (laughs) Come on, you know, what am I going to drink, coffee and go to Bible study every night? Who wants that life? Right. Because I'm fighting. Yeah, this is what you're going. I'm like, what is a Christian even like? What do you people do for fun? What do you people do? Like, how do you live as a Christian? And it was so far... I was like, holiness, that word scared me to death. I was like, there was no way I could ever live up to being a Christian. Wow. So there was all this, this was the dialogue in my mind. You just had the, you were privy to the verbal so, portion of it. So Kim is digging. She's you said digging. Kim don't play around. She doesn't what play. What do you mean? If, you t- if she told you to call you at 8 o'clock for prayer because she was teaching me how to pray, if it was 8 o'clock and 30 seconds later, she didn't take my call. You're either committed to this, and you're going to do this because you need commitment, discipline, and self-control, all those you don't have, and I'm not wasting my time with this. You either want light or you want darkness. Choose. Because I got too many people that need help out here, and you have to make this commitment. I can't change you. I can't save you. Boy, she let me have it. She told me. Come on. How many know we all need a Kim? So I called it five to eight. (laughs) Moving forward. We all need a Kim. We do. And she's influencing you, obviously. And and if I'm not mistaken, it was shortly after this essentially newfound relationship with Christ that you have, Mm -hmm. where the custody of your children is now being challenged Mm -hmm. because of what's in your past. Mm -hmm. And that had to be a war on your emotions in, in my mind, right? Because yes. during this time, you're maintaining your sobriety, you're maintaining, again, this newfound relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and are you just being taught, like, pray through this? Like, yes. you're, you know, look at what you've done now. You've turned over a new leaf. God's going to honor you, even though the custody of your children is being threatened. Yes, because I'm learning how to pray. I'm learning there's power in prayer. I'm learning that I am now victorious in Christ. But remember, I'm a baby Christian. I'm naive. So I don't understand the fullness of of the context of what this means in truth. So in my mind, I pray, I tithe, I serve, I have my prayer cards, I confess the word of God, and then I am going to get my expectations. It's going to equal, and everything's going to line up. So, of course, I'm going to... Um, of course I'm going to have my kids. They're not going to have to leave. Of course I'm going to win this battle because I am victorious. What I'm doing is putting an earthly expectation with an earthly weak understanding of the word, and I'm putting everything in that, and then I come to the place where the decision's not in my favor. Wow. And during this time, uh, you end up meeting this guy, right, mm-hmm. named Daryl Strawberry. Strawberry. Yeah. How did you guys meet? We met at a recovery convention, and I met Daryl, backtracking a little bit. I was one week saved when I met Daryl. How many of you know temptation is always going to come into your life when you make the decision to do what's right? It's not if, it's when and will. It will. It will. So Daryl comes in, and I meet him. I don't even know what saved means yet. Right. So, and of course, I'm very strong. I'm very strong-willed, and I just flat out tell him, I don't care because I'm not a sports person. And I just tell him, I don't care how many home runs you hit or who you think you are. That's not going to do anything for us having a relationship or anything. I'm not trying to get messed up with anybody. That wasn't a pickup line or anything, was it? That was my introduction. You know, that (laughs) That was our introduction. introduction. Don't even bring it up. I'm like, I'm one year clean and sober. I just got saved. Don't know what that means. I ain't messing it up. I've worked too hard for this. I don't want to go back into the darkness. I don't need foolishness right now. That's why they tell you to wait. (laughs) That's why they tell Don't you to get wait. involved because your character hasn't changed yet, and those emotions will challenge you. Because he's he's still in his recovery. I mean, he's struggling in his recovery. He's struggling. They just picked him up from a dumpster. He was um, before you. Yeah. Yes, falling back and forth, and and we we talked one night, all night long. <laughs> right. So now we're relational now. Now there's the desire to love, right? But the problem is neither one of us 
is saved and set free or healed by the power of God. So we're encountering later on this relationship, we're encountering our wounds because you're going to pay for my wounds if I don't get healed. You're going to pay for it in a relationship with me because it's going to show up somewhere. Yeah. And that's what's happening in many marriages and relationships today. You're paying the price for the past of something that you won't give to Jesus or you won't obey Christ in. So now your partner is paying the price for that thing. Or it's selfishness or it's temptation and you fall and you don't get right with God and you stay stuck in this. One's praying for it to work out. The other one is not. One's on board and one is not. Now you have the spirit and the flesh. Now you can't come together if you tried because the light doesn't like the darkness. I don't care what you put on at night. I don't care how good you cook up the meal. That's not going to make a difference. It might in the moment, but it's not going to save your marriage or save anything that's happening. And that's the quick story of Daryl and I. I'll save him. I'll change him. I mean, I'm grown with Jesus. Surely he's going to see how good I am. I forgive him for everything, even the deepest, darkest things. He's going to know what a great catch I am because I'm worth loving. So certainly he's going to change. I mean, I'm not the only, my story is not unique. It was a crossroad. I made, it was the wrong timing. And Daryl and I, before we ever came back and got together, people, they're like, oh, but it worked out. But it was they don't hell. Know. They don't know. Well, I'm scared now you don't because understand. Of, of Kim. Like, Kim is, what is Kim saying about this relationship? She's not having it. Yeah. And she cuts me off because... She tells me, this is what happens, because I make the choice now. I'm stubborn, and I won't listen. Now I just want to call her up and tell her about all my woes and all the issues I'm having with Daryl. And I won't take her direction. I won't listen. I'm not paying attention. I just won't do it. She's like, Tracy, honey, I love you with every fiber of my being, but I can't help you. When you're ready, you give me a call back. Wow. And, of course, I play the card. Well, you're a Christian. You should love me no matter what. Like, She's a Christian. She's not a doormat. And love has boundaries. Come on, Tracy. I'm going to stop because I could preach that all day long. Thank God for Ooh. Kim's. Thank, Thank God, God for Kim's. Now, you, you choose the relationship, obviously, and doing your own path. And then something, you know, that's when the custody. Mm -hmm. what, what, you said it didn't work out in your favor. Can you share yeah. what happened with that? Yeah. It comes to a point where my attorney calls me up and he says, "This, you're, we had a meeting with the judge. It's not... It's not going to go in your favor. And that's one of those life things that changes you forever. Like even when I talk about it now, it kind of chokes me up because it's never supposed to be right in my soul. But here's the power of Christ. That memory in those years of having Jesus heal me and get over that, it no longer hinders me. I no longer use over that. Jesus will heal the power of the memory. Yeah. It doesn't, the past doesn't get erased. I can't go back and change it. I'm at this crossroad again and again and again, and I'm stubborn, and I won't listen, and I won't surrender to Christ, and I won't let Jesus heal me. And I come to this place in my recovery and in Christ as a new Christian where I did everything you said, God, but you didn't show up for me. That was the boy. You don't love Echo me. Echo from the past again. You don't love me. Way back me. when you were in grade school. Way back. You're a respecter of persons. You only do this stuff for people who love you. You only, certain people are born this way and I'm have a, a certain path. Yeah. I, what hit, you know, why me? Why did you pick me? Did, like I'm blaming him. Everything starts going down that train. And then I have this epiphany. I have this revelation. I'm at a crossroads, I have a choice, and this is how you stay victorious every time, in every situation, whether it's recovery, the doctor's report, whatever it is, you choose life, you choose faith. Faith is evidence of things unseen. It's the unknown. It forces you to trust God. Choose. There's no feeling inside of you that says, go that way. It's simply faith. Every bit of your feelings wants to go to the darkness, go to that thing, go to the deception. You must choose faith every single time. Choice. Choice. So the power of in the choice. Moment, I've got a choice. I've got a choice. I'm either going to go back and relapse. Now, there's no hope for me. There's no restoration for my kids. Anybody who's trying to love me, I'm just going to tear apart, including myself. I'm playing this out in my mind. And even though, because my baby faith has just been shot to the floor, now I'm not even sure what faith is because now it's forcing me to grow up in a mature faith where God is good all the time. 
Is God good all the time, He's Pastor good Jesse? All the time. Is He good all the time? He's good all Is the time. Is He good in the midst of that report? Amen. Praise God. Is He good in the midst of the marriage that isn't working out because you're trying so hard and you can't? Come on, we're preaching. Come on. I'm talking right about on. God is good all the time. I'm talking about He's in the middle of a bad report. I'm talking about God is good all the time, even when you don't win the case, even when it doesn't make sense, even when Come it's on. not fair, even when you don't know what to do. Let faith arise. You you have to let faith arise because darkness will overcome you. Darkness will overshadow you. It's going to bring you back into that pit, into that place. You have to know that Jesus loves you. Cancer, when I got it for the fifth report, the fifth time, I am the healed of the most high God because you know when healing is yours, the minute you say yes to Jesus. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is alive inside of you, and if he is alive inside of you, healing is alive inside of me. I am the healed of the most high God in Jesus' name. Amen. God, you are working out on my behalf, even if my better half is not being better. Somebody praise him. Amen. Amen. God, my children will stay with me, and they will see me all the days of my life because they're going to be saved and set free, even if I don't see it. My faith is not going to fall. My prayers aren't going to fall. The enemy may have taken 10 years away from me because I allowed him to. Somebody hear that. That was on me because I allowed him to, because I wouldn't change, I wouldn't turn, I wouldn't say yes. So I had to face the consequence. There's no condemnation in that, but how is God a respecter of persons? How does he repay you when all has been lost and you can't change it and turn it back in the earthly realm? Where do you get the freedom? Where's my promise? I get my kids forever in eternity. Wow. I'm sorry, that preached good, and we missed that because yeah. I'm not the favorite preacher because it's not promised here on earth like some of this false prophet stuff is. Yeah. Just put your money in the basket, and you'll get what you want. Well, you know what? It doesn't always work like that. When do you get 100% of the promises fulfilled? When do you live in them? The hope of glory in Christ, in heaven, Amen. See, this is the Messiah that was coming through on the donkey. This is what he was promising right here. But we're preaching an earthly message that's a stumbling block to the body of Christ in Jesus' name. He didn't do it for me. He didn't show up for me. I sow. I tithe. I, I, I. I'm telling my story, not blaming y'all. Me, myself, and I. God, you didn't show up for me. I had that war until I grew in the word of God, until I had a mature faith. Whether you come with me or not, I'm serving the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to walk in love. I'm going to stay faithful. I'm going to get busy in purpose. I'm going to get about my father's business. Amen in Jesus' name. This thing that's in my neck right now to this day that I still have to continue to go, this is none of my business anymore. Because I'm about my father's business. Because I'm the healed of the most high God. My days are numbered by him, not me, not my report. So I'm going to get busy about my father's business. Doesn't preach well, does it? But it's truth. Why? Because it hurts our emotions. And it challenges faith. But what stands? Faith. And it's hard when you lose loved ones. Believe me, I cry my tears. Believe me, I have fear. But I think Joyce Meyer says, do it afraid. Come on. I do it afraid. I'm the mouthpiece of the body of Christ. And I'm going to continue to speak and I'm going to continue to preach his word. And I'm going to continue to tell you that he is good all the time, every time. In the midst of whatever. When it doesn't turn out the way you want, he already did it. It's already done. But some of the things we're going to get to experience over here when he calls us home to him. Do you have that faith that believes? And I'm going to leave you with this story. I learned this kind of faith because when my faith was challenged with the custody of my kids, I found a letter that Daryl, my husband, his mother wrote. And she was a faith-filled mama. And she had five kids that were lost, two that were in jail. Daryl, well, he wasn't in jail yet, but he was on his way. He was suspended from baseball. The other two were in a mess. This woman of God wrote one letter, addressed them all, and she said, I hope you face this, face this, face that, but God's going to get it out of you. God is going to save your soul. Jesus is the way, the truth. He is the answer. So this woman never got to see her kids saved. Somebody hear me. 
say that. She never got to see them living victoriously here on earth, but her faith said, household salvation is going to be mine. Faith said, she crossed over with faith. She never let her palm branch down. She never let that faith fail. Her husband, her son, my husband, Daryl Strawberry, is one of the most powerful evangelists in the world today. Somebody should clap. Come on. Not amen. because of my husband, <laughs> but why? Because she didn't let her faith down. That's why we're clapping. And my husband would tell you that. Because even though she didn't see it, guess where she gets to experience it? Looking down at heaven saying, my kids. And she gets to spend eternity with them. You with me? With you. I pray that we don't have a faith failure because we need to become mature in the body of Christ. I set my eyes on the things above, Paul says. Earth is not our home. Earth is here to do our Father's business. That's what it's here for. Not the new boat. Nothing wrong with the boat. I'd go on a ride in it. I'm not talking about that. It's something's wrong with the boat or the prayer of this or the prayer of that. God, only if you answer it this way. Or if it takes me away from your business or if it takes me away from being in the body of Christ and being in your word. Amen? Amen? I'm talking about real faith that stands. I'm talking about, God, you are good all the time in the midst of no matter what. I'm talking about I'm going to get about my father's business no matter what because that's where victory is. That's, that's victory the victory is. walk. Amen? No matter what you're in the midst of, you don't ever turn back. Your victory is in the power of your choice. Now, everybody has a, a palm branch sitting at the foot of your chair and remember what pastor jesse was teaching the messiah came through and because god you didn't do what we thought you were going to do say that they laid their praise down god you didn't answer our prayer you're not the messiah i thought you were see he's the spiritual messiah he's the spiritual messiah but because you didn't rescue us in the earthly, because you didn't bring back our health and our wealth and we're still in this physical oppression, we can't get out because we can't see you as the spiritual Messiah. They lay down their praise. Some of you, you've laid down your praise. God, where are you? Because you've been going through this thing. God, you didn't answer it the way I thought. Wow. And you put down your faith. You put down the marriage. You're wanting to put down your recovery. You're wanting to put down your success. You're wanting to put down your walk. You put it down. And today is the day you raise it back up again. Today you say, I'm going to be committed to the faith of the Bible and not the faith of my feelings that dictate deception. Today, I'm going to raise my praise. God, you, I was disappointed. God, I don't know. If that's you and you want a refreshing of your faith and you say, I want a mature faith, I'm going to serve the God that prays. I'm going to praise and serve the God that has already done it. I want you to run to this altar and let's celebrate him together. God, I want a refreshing. I want a renewing. Come to the altar as the body of Christ. Thank you for listening to the Journey Church Podcast. If you would like prayer or to connect with us in any way, please contact us by emailing us at info at journeychurchmo.com. You can also find more information on service times, events, and more on our website, www.journeychurchmo.com.